This is Bobby Boucher from the 50 Shades of Boucher podcast, and you're listening to Sports Done Right. Oh, yeah. Get your snowcats ready and get over here. Right now? You darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the Situation Room of his lakefront chateau, he's bringing a little color to the voice of Minnesota sports talk and worldwide. His mama calls him Vince, but you can call him Governor. And by way of executive order, he's serving real sports fans a dose of sports done right. Are you ready? You like that? You like that? Line to left center field, Byron to his right, running, diving, and makes a spectacular catch! Lost one out near side, May there, intercepted! Gophers have picked it off! It's Winfield down the sideline to the 35! His second INT of the day! Swan for a shot, he scores! Zuccarello and Kaprizov work their magic again! everybody what is happening it is me vince wright the sports governor and this is the sports done right podcast coming to you out of the twin cities minneapolis st paul the state is minnesota and we are here back at the governor's mansion to talk all things sports all things minnesota sports the minnesota vikings the Minnesota Gophers. I mean, we got it all covered here. Timberwolves starting their season here in a day or so. NBA's back. Hockey's back. The Wild. The Minnesota Wild. What's up? 0-3. Haven't led in the game yet despite scoring a gazillion goals. But they're giving up just a few more than they're putting out. And the Wild are 0-3. People freaking out about that in Minnesota. But tonight, we're going to focus on the football teams, the Gophers, the Vikings, a little bit of Gopher basketball, and the Big Ten as a whole. Because now, and you know what, I'll just I'll talk about the Big Ten real quick here. And again, this is the Sports Done Right podcast brought to you by Cultivated CBD, the best CBD products out there. So make sure you check out CultivatedCBD.com. 7th Avenue Pizza, make sure you get you some of the best frozen pizza in the state of Minnesota. Various outlets throughout the state. So yeah, man, Big Ten West. Hate to do it, man, but you got to give Brett Bulema some credit. What he is doing, at least right now down in Illinois, is earning him Coach of the Year accolades, deservedly so. Um, I'm not going to get too much into the Gophers. That's going to be kind of the second half of the show. But, man, lots to get into. P.J. Fleck, he's got to start answering some questions, too. The coaching staff, 
We're always talking about the players, but maybe the coaching staff needs to sit down and redo some things for the whiteout game that's coming up. Minnesota Vikings, we're going to get into them first. The Vikings doing big things. It wasn't pretty, but they went down in Miami. And, you know, one of the things that I like is these are games that we're winning. It's that simple. I mean, these were games probably in the past couple years the Vikings would find a um, a way to lose, let's say, right? So we got that. All kinds of stuff breaking off in the NFL with the Washington team. Dan Snyder once again making himself known. I mean, did he do it? Did he not do it? People, uh, you know, is, is he trying to bribe these owners with, you know, evidence? Who knows? I, I just, I don't get this dude, but he ain't going out without a fight. So Washington, you wanted him, you got him. So we'll get into the power rankings a little bit later as well with the NFL. Some big things happening. Buffalo looking good. The Eagles looking good. So we'll talk a little bit about the league as a whole as well. But ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it here. The Minnesota Vikings. Oh, and one thing too, I forgot to tell you. We got a couple guests tonight. We got the rookie. That's right. The rookie is joining us from Green Bay. WDUZ FM Radio. The rookie is, uh, you know, he's the man. He is on the top ranked show over there for sports. And I can't wait till you hear this interview because he does a great job. Because we're going to find out what's going on with the with the enemy. What's going on with them Packers over there in Green Bay? So the rookie has joined us. He'll You'll hear that interview very shortly. Jeremy, better dead than red on Twitter. You know him. He's a gopher super fan, and he's going to talk gopher football and a little bit of gopher basketball with the big signing there as well that we'll get into here in a little bit. But first, let's get to our Minnesota Vikings. Did a great well, I shouldn't say did a great job. It was it was pretty scary for a little bit because Miami started their third string quarterback. And for the first quarter, it looked scary as hell. And you know, Skylar Thompson comes in. Now look, overall he only threw for 89 yards. But in that first quarter, out I mean they he was hitting some passes. They had the one drive going. I can't remember if it was first quarter or second quarter, but they started driving the ball. But then they hit like five penalties on the drive. That took them out. And, you know, they never really rebounded until, the well, they got 13 points in the fourth quarter. Vikings never make it easy. That game should have been put away a lot sooner. But, hey, it is it is what it is. Five and one Minnesota, twenty four sixteen over the Dolphins. Uh, Skylar Thompson, like I said, third string quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater did see some action. He picked up the the slack there. And by the way, Teddy Bridgewater threw for three hundred and twenty nine yards. Now he threw a couple interceptions, but he also threw a couple touchdowns. And like I said, this game, you know, it, it turned out it it was a little closer towards the end than it needed to be. So we'll we'll just say that Kirk Cousins threw for a buck seventy five, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Dalvin Cook, you know, Dalvin was bottled up most of this game, and then he he broke off the fifty two yard touchdown run. But outside of that, he only finished with seventy seven yards. 
And Miami defense, you know, they don't get a lot of shine, but outside of Dalvin and his yards, man, there was no rushing game. J.J., Justin Jefferson broke it off for 107 yards. Adam Thielen got four looks. He got 36 yards. Big touchdown later in the game. Irv Smith Jr. with a touchdown. Always good to see. But, man, the Miami defense was doing a number there for a minute. And the Vikings, I I like how they hung in there. I like how you just keep chipping away. You know, they went in at halftime 10-3. Okay, well, you know. People worrying, only up by a touchdown, third-string quarterback, all this stuff. And they go up 24-16, and that's where the game finishes. But what I like, Kirk Cousins isn't necessarily losing games anymore. That hasn't been the case now for a couple seasons. We got to find a way to get Dalvin Cook off. We got to get this offensive line opening up some holes here. Great job on the touchdown run, but like I said, other than that, You know, Dalvin Cook, up until that point, man, wasn't doing a whole lot. Either was Alexander Madison. So, got to figure that out. I know a lot of people out there in um, Viking Nation, and again, this is Vince Wright with the Sports Done Right podcast. Where's Adam Thielen? How come Adam Thielen's not getting looks? Listen, Justin Jefferson got six receptions. Adam Thielen wound up with four. I don't have the total look number in front of me. But I think this team realizes that in in um, Kevin O'Connell's scheme, right now it's just, look, man, they're just trying to win games. Nobody's really worried from what I'm hearing and for, from local media. Nobody's playing the, the ego game out there because, yeah, sure, maybe it'd be easy you know, to get caught up in your catches and your looks and all this stuff. I don't think Thielen's that dude at all. And, you know, it just goes to show you, I mean, he's going to, just be patient, just be patient, and look, he catches a very important touchdown pass there. K.J. Osborne, three receptions for 18 yards. Irv Smith, as we said earlier, with the touchdown. We do need to find a way when Irv Smith is healthy and to get him more involved in the uh, passing game. So I, I hope to see that in the future. But, you know, again, Vikings fans, it is what it is. And right now, I don't want you to get caught up in the style points because, again, we have a, a whole new system, a whole new coaching staff, a whole new front office. So, again, a win is a win, and we'll take it. We're 5-1. and one, We're too clear of Green Bay. And, I mean, lo and behold, what the hell's going on in Green Bay? The New York Jets come in there, and the New York Jets look like they are, you know, world beaters. Defense is all up in Aaron Rodgers' grill. They are playing a phenomenal game. Their offensive line is opening up holes. They are running the ball everywhere. They are passing the ball everywhere. It is crazy. And the New York Jets go for the win, right? And people, you know, you look at that game. And, I mean, Zach Wilson was 10 of 18 for 110 yards. (laughs) No touchdowns, no interceptions. Bryce Hall, 116 yards rushing, one touchdown. Braxton Berrios had a touchdown on the ground, and that was it. I mean, for the most part, that was really it. And the Jets just came in there, and they made Green Bay just look stupid. 
completely just clueless what and, and to have it happen in Lambeau Field. Oh man, as a Vikings fan, obviously it, it was great to see. But Packer fans, I was, you know, I was thinking about all my Packer people over there, and they had to be tripping out, man. They were they were just must have been like, what the you know what is going on here, Peeves? What the Yeah I, Man I, because I was watching that game on the NFL Red Zone again, the Sports Done Right podcast here, and I I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Then the game goes to halftime. Okay, well, yeah, you know, um, it is what it is, right? You know, Green Bay will um, find a way to come back and do their thing, of course, but it never happens. And matter of fact, I mean, it was just. It was something. I mean, Green Bay had three points at halftime. They scored a touchdown in the third quarter, and that was it. 27 to 10. The Jets, J E T A S, Jets, 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 by the way. And these New York Jets now are four and two. Green Bay is three and three. Vikings, five and one. Gotta love it. So, with that, let's do this. We're going to jump into our first guest of the evening here, the rookie from Green Bay. Like I said, um, he is joining us, and first off, rookie's a good friend of mine. He is a a husband of a friend of mine. He is the co-host of the Bill and Rookie Experience Monday through Fridays from six to ten a.m. over on WDUZ, the Fan in Green Bay, and he had some really good insights for us. So let's jump in here. This interview went about twenty-seven minutes. And take a listen, because when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL, a little bit more about um, the Vikings and this Packer game in particular, and roll it in the next week. Then we'll get into the go for talking some college football. But anyway, this is the rookie joining us on Sports Done Right. All right, folks, we are back to Sports Done Right podcast. Vince Wright, the sports governor from Minnesota, and talking to one of my favorite people over in Cheeseland. He is the rookie, WDUZ-FM, Green Bay. You know him, you love him. He is one of the hosts of the biggest sports shows over there. And, Rook, I just got to get – I'm just going to get to it right now, man. What the hell is going on in Green Bay? (laughs) <laughs> That's a pretty good question, Vince. That's what a lot, a lot of people want to know, what's going on over here. As Vince would say, what the hell's going on out there? Well, they're not playing very good football. That's what's going on over here in Green Bay. Obviously, after a 3-3 three, three start, nobody saw this coming. Uh, they've got a lot of questions to answer, a lot of things that they need to fix, and we'll see if they can do that. It starts with the um, on the offensive side of the ball, which is kind of interesting because a lot of people, the default button here in Green Bay over the years has been blame the defense. Right. There's been a lot of that going on here, blaming the defense and, and let's fire the defensive coordinator. But the truth of the matter is it's the offense that's not pulling its weight through these first six games. And even though the defense hasn't really put together an entire football game as a whole, they've been much better than the offense. So they've got a lot of issues with offense they need to fix. Absolutely. And, folks, the Bill and Rookie Experience, Monday through Friday on WDUZ-FM over in Green Bay, 6 to 10 a.m., we got the rookie with us. Okay, Rook, so let's just start kind of piece by piece here. So from what I've been hearing, and I was talking to you a little bit before we hit the air here, the offensive line, there's been a lot of talk about them this year and just the lack of cohesiveness. What are you seeing from the offensive line? Because obviously they're not living up to snuff, and that's putting the pressure on the quarterback. Well, 
Yeah, no doubt, Vince. The, the offensive line is the biggest issue uh, right now on that side of the football. You've know, you got to remember that uh, David Bakhtiari and Nelton Jenkins are coming back from ACL injuries. It was right, yep. you know, nearly two years that David Bakhtiari's played. So they've been bringing him back slowly. He did play the entire game this past weekend against the Jets, and I was suspect that that's going to be the case going forward. Meantime, they've moved who is an all-pro guard out to right tackle in Elton Jenkins. That just doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be a good fit for him. He's played every position on the offensive line, and he's very talented, but I think that's maybe asking a little bit too much from a guy that's coming back from his ACL injury himself. Right, and So yep. they've also started a lot of young guys here, and it really hasn't gone well. And, and so I think what we're going to see here before too long in fact, I thought maybe we'd see this past week against the Jets, but I'd be surprised if we don't see it this coming weekend against Washington, is that they're going to put Josh Nyman, who's really, who has done a fantastic job at left tackle while David Bacchiari is out with his injury. Mm-hmm. I think what we're going to see them do is move him to right tackle. I think they're going to move Elton back into guard. Now the question is, what are they going to do? Are they going to put him at right guard? Because they have John Runyon Jr. at left guard. He's been playing okay. Okay, so, yeah. Typically, the left was typically the left guard. So you could put you could put Elton back at left guard, and then really have a solid left side of the offensive line, and move one into right guard. So there's a couple of different combinations there that they have to try to figure out. But I would suspect that they're going to at least get Elton Jenkins back at guard, Josh Nyman at right tackle, and already that's going to make them a better offensive line. And, I also think people forget that they lost a couple of key guys from last year's offensive line. Uh, Lucas Patrick signed with Chicago as a free agent. Okay, yeah. They let go of Billy Turner, who went back to Denver. And so that's also thrown the line in, in flux. And, and, boy, if you watched the game, or if you saw the highlights of the game against the Jets on Sunday, they couldn't run the ball, they couldn't throw the ball. Exactly. The Jets, boy, that, that's an up-and-coming football team, at least on the defensive side of the ball. And they were, they were harassing um Aaron Rodgers all day long when he's trying to throw. The line wasn't opening any running lanes for the for the backs, and it was just a disaster. And uh, and again, that's where the fix begins. Absolutely, rookie. You know, and it's funny because I was watching the game on the Red Zone Channel, and they're you know. I, I'm looking at this Jets defense, and it's like all of a sudden, who are these all-world defensive players? I mean, like you said, I hadn't seen Aaron get harassed like that in a long time. I did not see an offensive line, you know, look real crappy like Green Bay's did. I can't remember the last time I seen a Green Bay offensive line play like that. You know that pains me to say it, but uh, it was just very interesting because every time they kind of went back to that Green Bay-New York game, you know, the Jets were making something happen, and it was just really weird. And obviously it's at Green Bay, so that throws, you know, a, a big kink into it too. But I was just like, man, what is going on? And then with the lack of no offensive line, you know, I was going to talk about the running game here because, you know, um, Aaron Jones is good back. A.J. Dillon, there's been some question marks about him so far this season, but it goes back to the offensive line. It doesn't really matter if the offensive line isn't doing their job. But just real quick, can you touch on the running back situation out there in Green Bay? Well, you know, yeah, you know, and Aaron Jones early in the year, he was averaging over nine yards a carry. He had some big games early in the season. A.J. Dillon was averaging over five yards. So this, so they had better production out of the run game and offensive line earlier in the season. And so why it's taking a downturn, I'm not 100% sure. You know, that's part of the you know thing that has people confused as well. But, 
so they they were throw throw throw. You know, it was like right. You know, sixty percent, sixty five percent pass, thirty five forty percent run, and it just wasn't working. You know, they've got new wide receivers as well, young wide receivers. Um, you know, with obviously Devontae Adams going to Las Vegas, they lose right. MBS to Kansas City, and Equinemius St. Brown goes to Chicago. So they're working in some young guys. So they're still throwing the ball all over the place. And it's, it's not really working per se. So Matt LaFleur says, all right, that's on me. we got to be more balanced. I know we've got to get the ball into the hands of our running back. So then they do that for a couple of games, right? Then you've got yep. a really nice balanced attack. We're nearly 50-50. Well, then all of a sudden, we've heard back, I think, this past game against the Jets, it was 41 throws and 19 runs. And again, everybody comes out complaining about where's the run. you got to get it to these backs. Well, this is one game that it didn't really matter, as you kind of alluded to in right. the red zone. So you, you weren't going to be able to throw a little run in this game against, against the Jets. So that's become a big concern, again, about the run game. And that's really where they need to lean on. But if you don't block it, as you know, Vince, if, that, yeah. if you don't block it up with your – passing or running, you, there's no production. Yeah? Teams are won and lost in the trenches, as they say. And the, and the Packers got completely outmanned. And that's why I think we are going to see some pretty drastic changes to the offensive line here coming up. Absolutely. And again, folks, we got the one and only rookie joining us from WDUZ FM over in Green Bay, Wisconsin. All right, Rook, so let's just take it up to the man, the myth, the legend himself, the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. You know, you mentioned it, trying to work in young receivers. You know, there's been some very good moments here and there, but there's been some disastrous moments, a couple drop passes. Obviously, um, a a touchdown pass dropped in the Minnesota game to start the year that may have actually changed the course of that game. But, man, exactly. So my question to you, Rookie, is this. What is Aaron Rodgers' culpability in this? Does he have any? Is it the receiver's fault? I mean, what's what is you know what's his blame in all this? Well, he has some, right? Because the quarterback can't get all the accolades when things go well, and not get any of the blame when things don't go well. Right, absolutely. So, you know, the, fir- the first the, the first question mark is when we talk about all these passes versus runs, because everything has a run pass option, right? An RPO. So everybody wonders, well, who's calling the passes? Who's calling the runs? Because Aaron Rodgers gets up to the line of scrimmage, surveys the defense, and decides what play they're going to run off of what was called because of what he sees defensively. But that was withstanding. He's off. He's just a run-of-the-mill quarterback right now. He's middle of the road. Wow. Um, his, his deep throws are off. They're either, either overthrown or underthrown. Um, he doesn't have the legs. He can extend plays. He he refuses to tuck the ball and run like he used to. There were a couple of instances Sunday against the Jets where he could have tucked it and ran for 15 yards and easily picked up a first down. He elected to throw it instead, mm-hmm. and it goes incomplete. So, um, you know, I, it, it's really tough to put the finger on because you you see wide receivers open. You see them um, catch balls. You see them drop balls. You see Aaron overthrow. You see them underthrown. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is his offense is going to go how he goes, and right now it's not going well. So there's always some blame, but I'm. It, it's very interesting because you're seeing – it's hard to figure out whether you're seeing him come to an end, right? This guy won the MVP right, back, yeah. back years, right? He's running MVP, and suddenly he's a run-of-the-mill quarterback, and you want to go, well, they can't all be because Devontae left because – when Devontae was hurt here, they were like 7-0, and he spread the ball around. 
and it's not like you had other great wide receivers, so it's really hard to figure out why he is so pedestrian, mm-hmm. but he is. No, I I totally agree with you. I mean, I've had a couple Green Bay fans, you know, kind of alluding, and, and I don't buy too much into this, but they were like, hey, maybe he's spending too much time hanging out with Joe Rogan, doing the podcast, having fun, you know, off the field. I mean, you know, I, I don't really buy that because it is Aaron Rodgers. I don't think anybody kind of has to tell him how to prepare and all this, but he certainly right, does have exactly. culpability in this, and I agree with you. Well, I mean, you couple... Go ahead, boss. Well, I was going to say his culpability is between the white lines, right? But look, right, I know exactly. a lot of people always want to people always want to blame, and it's not just guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers. A lot of times, fans believe that these guys don't have lives away from football, right? They yeah, just absolutely. Be home studying the playbook, you know, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Right? right. These guys have lives, and so on a Tuesday, if he wants to go on the Pat McAfee show, that has nothing to do with how he plays on Sunday, right? Exactly. I totally agree. All right, my man. So, Rookie, let's take it over to the defensive side of the ball. You know, Devondre Campbell, former gopher, big fan of his. You know, so I kind of focus on the linebacking core over there. and We've had issues. People have talked about regression with Devondre. Uh, Clay Walker not really playing up to snuff over there. So, on the Green Bay defensive side of the ball, give us an issue of what's happening over there. But start with that linebacking core because you've had such – you know, really decent linebackers over there throughout the years. What's going on over there on that side of the ball? Well, I don't think I don't think there's been that big of a drop off. Um, you know, talking about Devondre, Devondre, Devondre played out of his mind last year, right? Made all pro, right, yeah, absolutely ranked 49th in the NFL on the on that NFL top top 100, which is pretty cool because that's voted on by your peers, not fans, and things of right. that nature. So, there's certainly a lot of respect with Devondre. And he's played well, but he certainly hasn't played like he did last year where he is just all over the field. You know, the thing is, this is what my partner Bill always talks about when we do the show in the morning is, and you talk about guys that are just have fabulous years. Because, right, Devontae Devontae was drafted. He he went through a few different teams, right? And he's kind of, nobody really wants him. He's in Arizona. And and he's, he's been good, but he hasn't been great, right? And then the Packers come along and claim him off the scrap heap, so to speak, and, and kind of turn him loose in Green Bay, and then he has a fantastic year last year. And then everybody gets all excited. Well, did he just have a career year? Is that the real Devondre Campbell, or did he just have a career year, and now he's kind of regressing back to who he really is? Those are the questions that you ask. You don't find the answers out maybe for a couple of years, but it's, it's fair to ask that. Oh, totally. And, you know, Green Bay has, you know, pretty much run this division for such a long time. And, you know, the Vikings off to this hot start and everything. You know, I'm going to ask you about the coaching staff and Lafleur here in a second. But is there a sense, rookie? I Look, you know, we're six games in. You know, we're on a 17-game schedule now. I mean, Green Bay can definitely come back. But what is the vibe over there in Green Bay and Wisconsin right now? Because, you know, we're in such kind of this, you know, what have you done for me lately kind of, you know, mentality. Are people really jumping off the ship and and saying, I don't want to say the season's over, but you know how fans are and how, you know, finicky they are. Are there people jumping off the bandwagon like legitimately already with, with Green Bay six games in? 
Well, they, they say fans, short for fanatics, right? Of course, so yeah. That's what they, <laughs> fanatical. Um, you know, yeah, there are some. I mean, there were some people that jumped off the ship after week one when they lost to the Vikings, right? Then you win a couple, everything's okay. Right. You know, here's the thing. Um, they've got a lot of work to do. They 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 don't look good. They, in, in, I understand where fans get frustrated from the outside looking in. You go, man, this is really not a very good football team. They've right. got a lot right. of places that – they need to fix and get cleaned up. So I understand the angst. At the same time, you try to say, you try to remain calm and, and rational about it and say, look, the last time they went to the Super Bowl in 2010, they were 10 and 6. They got in on the last day. Good point. Help, and they got hot. And they got yeah. hot, right? So the big thing is, it, it's not how you're playing. And you, and you know this, this, you've been around football mm-hmm. long enough. Yep. It's not how you play in September and October, it's how you play in December and January. Now, the question is, can you bank enough wins to get mm-hmm. to the playoffs in late December, early January? January, now with the NFL schedule, right? Right. Um, and, and, then, and then it's a crapshoot, right? It's the, how often does the best team actually win the Super Bowl? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it's not just you and Green Bay. I'm sure it's a lot of teams. I'm, I'm sure they're having the same conversation in Tampa Bay or Los right. Angeles with the Rams absolutely. where – you know, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and the Rams were expected to be the top three dogs, right, in the NFC. Yeah. This well, and, and throw Cincinnati in there, too, you know, coming off their Super Bowl run. Right. They're 3-3 three and three as well. I mean, Ravens, 3-3. Three and three. No need to run just yet, Packer fans. Right. So, you know, and it was the expanded playoffs that they brought in a year ago. There's an extra chance to get in. So, uh, you know, I understand, you know, fans are so emotionally attached, you know, and it's a, just a big roller coaster with them, but the logical portion of you, or the logical part of your brain, has to say, step back for a second, just take a take a deep breath, mm-hmm. and see what happens. But I will say this: um, you know, they they played six, as you mentioned. They're still eleven to go. They've dug themselves a hole for the division. You know, you right. see back yep. in Minnesota, Minnesota already won each of ones. So yeah, first step is still stacking wins and hopefully get into the in, into the postseason. And if you can close the gap on Minnesota, that's great. I, look, I try to tell my listeners, what has winning the division and being the number one seed gotten you in the last 12 years? Very good point, Rookie. Exactly. H- hasn't gotten you anything. Hasn't gotten you anything. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how you get into the postseason or what your record is or where you're seated. You just got to get in, and then anything can happen. And, uh, absolutely. And I think the Bengals showed you that last year. And, I mean, there's so many examples sure. of that going back – Hell, throughout all of NFL history. So, again, folks, got our main man, the rookie on, the Bill and Rookie Experience, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. on WDUZ-FM over in Green Bay, Wisconsin. A um, couple minutes left with the rook here. So, rookie, let me ask you this here. You know, we let's turn it to the coaching staff. Uh, a lot of folks going in on Matt LaFleur. You know, they always do when you have a rough start. I get it. He's the head coach. In your opinion, do you think he's handled, let's just say, this start well as the head coach? Are you liking what you're hearing from him? Is he stuck in La La Land, not seeming to want to change anything? You know, what are you thinking there? No, they'll they'll make changes. You know, coaches don't tell you anything. You know, right. They just record the press conference at the beginning of the year and play it week six, play it week eight. They don't tell you anything. Everything's top secret, man. I mean, it's unbelievable how top secret everything is, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. national security. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. There's a lot of people that are jumping on 
Matt LaFleur right now. I'll tell you what, 13-3, and 13-3, 14-3, don't get you a lot of leeway around here. It's mm-hmm. kind of silly. I look, I, this, <laughs> this is where you earn your money, though, as a head coach, right? It's pretty easy when you come in and you inherit a quarterback that's going to go into the Hall of Fame on, his, on the first ballot. Right. And it's pretty easy. You look like a genius when the quarterback plays uh, to MVP caliber like Aaron's done the past couple of years. Here's where we're going to find out what kind of coach you are. So it's too early to tell, right? It's um, and a couple. Of, this is the first time they've lost two games in a row during the regular season under Lafleur. So oh, wow. we're going to okay. find out what kind of coach mm-hmm. he is. We're going to find out a lot between now and the end of the year. I mean, I think a lot of coaches look really, really smart and look really, really good when they have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And a lot of those coaches, when they lose that Hall of Fame quarterback, look very average at best. So we'll find out. We don't know what kind of coach he is, really. We'll find out, though, between now and the end of the year. You know, it's funny you mention that. I got a few Pittsburgh Steeler relatives wondering the same thing about a certain coach over in Pennsylvania, so I get that. Hey, real, right. real, real quick before I get you out of here, my man, and again, thank you so much for your time. You know, I would be you regressed. I love this. Hey, I'd love it too, man, and we'll be reaching out more throughout the season. But I just wanted to get your take on what's happening down there in Madison. Uh, you know, Bulema, obviously the Gophers got struck down by Brett last weekend. You know, Brett comes up right. to Madison with Illinois, does the number. He is on top of the Big Ten West. Um, you know, obviously, Chris is fired. I just wanted to get your take since obviously you cover these guys. Just, you know, what did you think of Chris being let go at the time? And obviously, we're, you know, we're two, three weeks past that. But what did you think of him getting let go? And how do you feel the team and the program has progressed in the weeks since? Well, you know, it's hard to tell how they're going to progress, right? They won one and lost one under Jim Leonard since Chris was fired. I mean, uh, when they beat Northwestern, they looked really, really good. Like, this was going to be a, the kick in the rear that they needed. But Northwestern's really bad. And then they mm-hmm. lost last week. So, it kind of back to normal. You know, Paul Chris was the, the right guy to take over when he came here like eight years ago and, and kind of right the ship. You know, here's the thing about Wisconsin. They've always been kind of teetering on that, you know, you know, kind of peering in the window of the college football playoffs, right? Right. Like, yes. Hey, guys, invite us. We're here. We're 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 kind of <laughs> close to you guys. We're pretty good. You know, how about an invite? You know, and every time it seems like they were set up in the polls at the beginning of the year, to all you had to do is win your games, right? And you were and you had a good mm-hmm. shot at, at getting in, invited to the the, the tournament. You know, and, and unless maybe you got run out of the gym by Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, right? And they right. always, always early on would lose a game that they shouldn't lose and then they would blow up their chances right mm-hmm. so with the way that, you know look there's a lot of teams big time programs that are on the verge of perhaps becoming irrelevant in college football with the way that the landscape is changing absolutely you know yep. with these mega conferences coming about and and i don't think it, it's nowhere near being done you might just see one super conference um you know it and the point, and even if even if the college football playoffs expand, which they're going to, if you're not in that elite group, right? You're yeah. not in that elite group. You're going to be left. You're going to be left at the altar. Yes, and, and the landscape is changing with the, with the NIL agreement and how you you go about recruiting. Yep. And the portal. It, it's just crazy. <laughs> the, the, the transfer portal and the, and the Badgers have had a handful of kids going to the transfer portal. Uh, since Chris has been fired, but you got to keep up with the times, and you know the university is going to have to decide too 
how are we going to approach this with NIL deals and, and how are we going to pay right. money and get that out? They're, they're never going to change their academic standards, right? So yep. you're, you're always going to be behind the eight ball a little bit there because the academic standards are so high. I'm not sure what Minnesota's are, you know, but they're all different throughout the Big Ten, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A little bit, but what are you going to do about the NIL? And what are you going to do about the philosophy of the way you want to run your program? You know, Paul Chris is a little bit of a boring guy. He's got three yards in a cloud of dust. Oh, right. Um, yes, they did, he is. They did think they had the quarterback with Graham Mertz, who has just turned out to be a colossal bust outside of, you know, he's played about two good games in his career here. Right. His very <laughs> first start. His very first start, and then two weeks ago against Northwestern, the first start after Chris got fired. Otherwise, here's this highly recruited quarterback that's just turned out to be a bust. So, you know, it's it's tough because Paul Chris is a Wisconsin guy. He's a Madison guy. Um, you know, he bleeds red and red and white. But it probably had to be done. But it's it's gonna they're at a critical juncture about where they're gonna factor into college football going forward. Do you think him losing to to Bulema? had anything to do with that firing? I would, and, and that question comes more from the conspiracy theorist that some people I talk well, to there. I, I, I don't think well, so either, but, you know. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, well, it's just because Bielema is a former coach here. I don't know about that. But, I mean, they got their head handed to him at home. I mean, yes, they did. You can't lose like that. Just uninspired, uninspired football. And so, um, you know, and even though, even though there's a, a you know, so – it's kind of interesting. Who knows how these things all go down, Vince? Because he did get a contract extension and a raise during the summer because to make up some money that was lost during COVID when they had to do cutbacks and so forth. And then just, I mean, the pressure was put on Chris McIntosh, who's the new AD. It's I don't know if he's listening to you know the boosters and the fans or what have you, because to a certain degree, it's a little bit surprising that they did fire him, but. I can't say that it's totally unjust. Un, you know, unjust it, if you want to take a look at it from a football standpoint and where the program was headed, if you ask me. You know, I, I felt bad for him. I, I, you know, and I, as the sports governor in Minnesota, a gopher alum and all that stuff, you know, people are probably going, Vince, what the hell right now? But I, I just felt bad for him because I thought, you know, hey, he came on kind of a tough year, year and a half, and he was out of there. It all seems so quick. I don't think people maybe outside of the no rookie had any idea of him being fired at that time anyway. And I think that was also what kind of caught people off guard was literally the timing of it. Like, oh, my God, they let go of Paul Chris. What the hell are they thinking? But like you said, man, I think, you know, these these programs, we're in a different kind of landscape now, and you got to stay ahead of the curve because now your players can – just up and leave. They don't have to give you any excuse. Oh, so you, you right. gotta be you gotta be prepared, my man. So rookie next. I was, I go felt, ahead. I felt sorry for him. I felt sorry for him too when he got fired. Then I and then they told me he got a, an eleven million dollar buyout. My <laughs> ended. Oh, he he got that rookie money. He's got that rookie money. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was somebody buying me out for eleven million. Hey, tell me about it, boss. So, rookie, next somebody, time somebody can, somebody can buy me out for some of those Seventh Avenue pieces and that uh, cultivation. Hey, 
Hey, we'll, we'll, we Thank will definitely, Hey, I'll get you. I'll definitely get you a care package on that, my man. So again, <laughs> folks, this is the rookie, the one and only he is on the bill and rookie experience Monday through Friday, six to 10 AM over on WDUZ FM originating out of green Bay, Wisconsin, but heard all over the state of Wisconsin. You can follow rookie on Twitter at rookie on one Oh seven five. And if you need to know anything Edmonton Oilers, this is your man. And Rook, next time they're in town, or since we're going to be in Arizona, maybe uh, you and Mrs. Rookie will have to fly down to Phoenix for a hockey game since they're playing in the college arena down there, apparently, <laughs> the, oh, the, the I, Arizona I Coyotes. I'll tell you what, you guys may have to come down because it looks kind of like a real sweet setup, so... I'm going to go check it out right. when I'm down there and, and see what they're rolling with until uh, the rumors have it, you know, from everything to where they may be back down in the Suns Arena in downtown Phoenix. Who knows? But uh, got to catch a hockey game with Rookie. Rookie's a big hockey fan, so we'll get him back on. We'll talk about Edmonton and the Wild and everybody else. Maybe even throwing some old Milwaukee Admiral stories in there as well. <laughs> hey, right, we'll do it. All right, Rook. Hey, man, again, thank you so much for joining us on Sports Done Right. It has been a blast as always, man. Thank you so much and take care. See ya. The one and only, the rookie, my main man out of Green Bay. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you check out his show. Uh, Good friend and just an all-around great dude, man. Love the rookie. So there you have it. Packer fans, all my Packer people over there across the river. I wish I could wish you uh, good luck, but I can't. But anyway, we'll have Rookie back, as you heard, throughout the year. Um, I'm just happy the Vikings are 5-1. and one. I'm, I'm just happy that the Vikings are finding ways to win. So I, I'm cool with that. And like I said, I know they've been winning ugly, but they've been winning, Vikings fans. So that's the difference here. All right, let's do this. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to get into some college football, Big Ten West, Illinois for the for the taking right now. So um, stay tuned there. We'll have an interview with uh, Jeremy, Better Dead Than Red, on Twitter, my main man. We're going to talk some gopher football with him. And we'll be right back right after this break. Hey, what's up, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor and host of the Sports Done Right podcast, and I'm here to tell you about Cultivated CBD. The best CBD products on the market come from Cultivated CBD. So whether you want a roll-on, a smokable option, maybe you want some of the gummies to help you with your anxiety or pain relief, go to CultivatedCBD.com, the best CBD company out there, and tell them Vince Wright, the sports governor, sent you. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Vince Wright, host of the Sports Done Right podcast. And let me tell you something. When it comes to frozen pizza, there is only one pizza that stands out above the rest, and that is 7th Avenue Pizza, proud sponsor of the Sports Done Right podcast. Make sure you go get you some at Speedway, Holiday Stations, Lunds and Byerly's, Hy-Vee, amongst other places as well. We thank them for supporting the show. 7th Avenue Pizza. I am Vince Wright, and I approve this message.
Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right. Votes are in, and it's official. He's Minnesota's number one sports color commentator. The people got it right, and now it's time for you to get your sports done right. With the governor of sports talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, people, we are back. Sports done right. I am Vince Wright, the sports governor, coming to you live and direct from the Twin Cities, the governor's mansion. So let's start talking, man. These golden gophers, dude, I don't, man, I had a pit in my stomach all week when it came to these golden gophers and this game in particular because Illinois is definitely on the come up. And I'm going to tell you something, man. And I'm... Brett Bulema. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. This dude right here, Brett Bulema, is doing a number down there. And he deserves all the credit in the world right now. And I, I hate to say that. He is the gopher killer. He has not lost to Minnesota in his time at Wisconsin, in his time here at Illinois. And Illinois is 6-1. and one. They are 3-1 and one in the Big Ten West. They're actually tied with Purdue. Um, they have a game coming up soon. But Illinois, man, I mean, a five-game winning streak. And our Gophers go down in there. And the reason I was worried about this game is, honestly, I was worried about Illinois' defense. And that is exactly what came to fruition is that defense, which, by the way, is you know a top three, four defense in the country, came out and and did their thing and and handled their business. Now, what was disappointing from the Gopher standpoint was, again, the sputtering offense. And and this is with Mo Ibrahim now. Mo had a couple nice, he had a couple nice runs. He was a couple steps and just being a little bit quicker, he probably would have broke that big first, uh, first half run out for a touchdown. But listen, You know, Tanner Morgan, and I love Tanner Morgan. But it is just, it went south on him again last week. And not only that, he suffers a concussion. He goes into the protocol. We're waiting to hear if, excuse me, he will start this weekend. He was 4 of 12 for 21 yards and an interception before he went down. Um... Ethan came in. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. Calicam. Well, let's try. Calicamus. Anyway, whatever. Two for six, 17 yards. Two more interceptions. The Gophers, man, behind 127 yards from Mo Ibrahim and the touchdown. They just got nothing going. The wide receivers, no separation. You know, we. I think we got talent there. Brevin Span Ford. You know, Dylan Wright. Are they maybe not as good as we think they are? I I, I think they are. 
But there's something happening now, and, you know, P.J. Fleck, who I'm going to talk about here in a second, you know, he was talking about how these guys, they can't get separation or they're not getting separation right now. And I totally agree with I totally agree with that. But it's just frustrating, man, because the Illinois defense was just all up in Tanner's grill all day long. And outside of a couple big runs by Mo, they, they actually had Mo pretty much in check. And just nothing really happening. And the Gophers now, because they came out second half, had the big kickoff return, get the touchdown, they score right away. You think maybe the momentum's changing, but hey, to Illinois' credit, they shut it down. And now, and this is what I've heard on other Gopher podcasts and Gopher radio show and over on K-Fan Justin Gard over there, is with the Gophers now at 4-2 and two, coming off these two losses, it's just, it's that air out of the balloon feeling again. Oh, it's just another Gopher season, all this stuff. And trust me, I understand it. Listen, Vince Wright, the sports governor, and this on this show, Sports Done Right, I tell you all the time, Gopher fans, you do not get caught up in this hype. Wait till you see it on the field. And lo and behold, now we're coming off a couple losses. P.J. Fleck and his coaching crew, they got some answers as well. I will say this for P.J. It was nice not to have all the rah-rah, uh, you know, elite culture, this and that, blah, 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 BS stuff going this week because I don't think anybody was in the mood for it. But, you know, again, his timeouts, uh, the timeout management, wasting two timeouts to try and get Illinois to kick that field goal in the first quarter. Um, you know, P.J. just gets a little weird sometimes with the decision making. Other, you know, I mean, and then you break it down to the coordinators, Joe Rossi. Kirk Shiraka, I mean, we've been treated with so much success with these two guys. I'm going to be real interested if PJ can sit his crew down this week and come up with some new game plans because now we go into Penn State, a hundred and what five thousand people, the whiteout game, and if you can't handle Illinois on the road, this is going to be a whole different beast because Penn State coming off of a loss to Michigan. I mean, they're looking to get back into the rankings here, or they're in the rankings, but to stay kind of towards the top of the Big Ten East. Um, over there, you got Michigan 4 0, Ohio State 3 0. That's obviously probably those who are going to battle to see who represents the East, but, you know, Penn State's still 2 and 1. And, you know, with a win or two, they can, they can still win out over there and win that division. But, you know, right now, they're the third best team in the Big Ten East. And honestly, for Minnesota Golden Gophers, you look at these teams in the big team in the in the West, none of these games are a gimme. I've been trying to tell you folks this. None of these games are gimmies. When they play Nebraska, when they play Iowa, when they play Wisconsin, Northwestern, none of these games are gimmies. Please remember that. When it comes to the Golden Gophers, you want to see it on the field. We've been through all this nonsense year after year after year after year. So I'm not, hey, I get it. You know, four and two, you can still have a great year. Nobody's down on the season, but 
you're really starting to dig yourself a hole and you got to win against Penn State. And like I said, man, Penn State's coming off of a loss to Michigan and where they got throttled. Okay, they got absolutely destroyed. Sean Clifford, he only had 120 yards passing, no touchdowns. Uh, the, the backup came in. He did nothing. Um, you know, I'm looking at the list here. Uh, they're running back. Uh, Allen had a rushing touchdown. I mean, listen, James Franklin's going to have this team ready. It is, like I said, it's going to be white out, night game. Here you go on the Gophers. I mean, if they have to go in there now, we're waiting to hear on Tanner Morgan. And I, I I don't know, man. If we have to go in there with a backup quarterback, it, obviously things get real tough because to start a guy and literally his first start is going to be a Penn State whiteout game, you're asking a whole lot. And you're at this point, because, again, we don't really know what we're going to get with Tanner Morgan and this offensive line now with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I mean, it's just, it's not feeling good. But hey, if Tanner's able to play, at least there's a little bit of hope there with the experience. But hey, I got my man Jeremy here. He's better dead than red on Twitter. Got an interview with him talking Gophers. Uh, we talked a little Gopher basketball at the end. This is about 27 minutes. I know our show running a little long today, but I had two great guests, so I just wanted to make sure that they had their time to speak and my time to analyze and do all this stuff. So settle in. We got my man Jeremy here, and this is Gopher football. All right, folks. Next on the hotline here, you know him as Better Dead Than Red on Twitter. Government name, he goes by Jeremy, and he is joining us uh, to talk a little bit about the Gophers, uh, what's been transpiring there. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Herdsman11, and that's H-E-R-D-S-M-A-N-11. Make sure you check him out. Follow him on Twitter, the one and only Better Dead Than Red Mr. Jeremy. How you doing today? Oh, uh, hey, can't complain too much. I mean, you know, just tell you before we came on, I mean, it's got under three weeks for basketball. And that's, uh, I mean, after the huge news from uh, Ben Johnson and that get with uh, Dennis Evans, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to basketball right now. I know he's not here till next year, but still. <laughs> uh, well, feeling no feeling pretty no good doubt. right now, despite what's been happening on uh, – on the gridiron for the Gophers. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, let's, you know what? Let's start there, man. Let's get kind of the bad news out the way. And yeah, we'll jump into a, a, a little bit of a preview of the Gopher hoops here as they're, uh, you know, finally in training camp and getting ready for their preseason tilt. So, okay. Gopher football, my man. Um, you know, it was just what, three weeks ago. We're, we're feeling good. We, we go up to Michigan state you know, for folks that listen to my show, that was the game I said that's going to kind of be the barometer on where the team is. Lo and behold, you know, the Purdue game happens. Okay, well, you know, hey, at least the defense tried to keep us in that game. You know, they forced a lot of turnovers. Offense just wasn't able to, you know, put it in the end zone enough. No Mo Ibrahim. And then we get to last week with Illinois. And, you know, I, I had a kind of a pit in my stomach, Jeremy, all week about this game. Give me your thoughts on just kind of the lead up during the week. What were your initial thoughts as we were going into Champaign to face Illinois? I, I mean, I feel like right now, anytime we go up against Illinois, you got to remember I, I just what Brett Bouma did to us 
the entire time he was in Wisconsin. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we started <laughs> got a little bit of that last week. I don't know why we can't beat this guy. I mean, it's for the years he was in Wisconsin. Then when I heard that he was taking over for uh, Lovey Smith there at Illinois, uh, I mean, that was the first thing that came into my head. It was like, God, like, you know, for how long Illinois was, you know, you saw that on the schedule, you're like, oh, you know, they might play tough at home. But, you know, usually even even for us, you know, like not historically being a crazy dominant football team, yep. even then that was still one that you could always like a year in a year out, that was a winnable game. And now, I mean, starting to, you know, with what he's doing in Illinois, I mean, they're I saw. I didn't see the new rankings. I know there were twenty-four last week. They should be higher now. Uh, oh yeah, but, the, I mean, they'll be right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our, oh, it's uh, Purdue that isn't for some reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, after after Purdue, like you were saying, I mean, there is so many mistakes that we had too. Like like Spanford's catch in the end zone. I mean, right there, that's a fourteen-point mm-hmm. swing. I mean, you know, take gives you that. Uh, that momentum going into halftime and everything. I mean, you know, I went and I talked to you at half, and you know, you, I, I think we were getting the ball back for the second half there, so you'll be able to uh, start up right away. And I mean, right there, you know, that mm-hmm. Spanford catch. I mean, that right there. I mean, it's really, it, it was really a lot of us being a little bit more optimistic. And then near the end of the game, everything kind of started to turn a little bit more. I mean, just with the offense not able to move the ball at all. Um, yeah. Like I said, it was with the defense keeping us in, and then I mean, it seemed like I don't know what happened to our defense last week against Illinois. It seemed, I mean, they were just able to throw up all and down the field with us. I mean, um, I think at one point they had uh, uh, they said on the radio is ten times as many yards as we did. Uh, I think right, you know, we exactly. had right around yeah. low twenties for Tanner Morgan, and they had like two hundred and twenty yards of offense in the air, or something like that. And right. like to with how with how you know great our defense and our secondary had done earlier in the year. I mean, I know it was against teams like you know New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado, but uh, like you're saying, that Michigan State team that was the litmus test for me too. That's the one mm-hmm. that you know I was concerned with at the start of the season and. I mean, you go you go into East Lansing and beat them thirty four to seven. I mean, you know, for rightfully so, we were all riding pretty high after that win. Well, uh, and then yeah. I feel like the last. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't and mean to interrupt I... you there. Go ahead. Oh no, it's it's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the last like you know three weeks now, it's kind of you know coming down to earth a little bit more for us. And uh, I mean, I, I guess you know to kind of go back to your question though, I've. I'd always like same thing, kind of pit in the stomach about Illinois. I mean, I was I was concerned about it going in, and then now, I mean, we're not going to yeah. have an easy game this weekend either, going to for the oh, whiteout game well, at Penn State either. You know, yeah, I'm going to touch mean, on that one in a second. I mean, that's going to be a whole different beast because I mean, you know, the thing that kind of got me going with this Illinois thing was, you know, Illinois' defense is a top three defense in the country, so. You know, I knew even with Mo being back that, you know, our offense was going to have some issues kind of moving the ball. But all of a sudden we're back to, you know, COVID year, Tanner Morgan, um, you know, and and I hope he is he is good. Uh, You know, obviously he took the uh, concussion protocol, took a fist to the helmet. So, Tanner, if you're hearing, you know, we, we definitely praying for you, my friend. But, man, he wasn't able before that to kind of get anything going with the offense. A couple big catches, a couple big runs from Mo, but, you know, this offense is sputtering, man. And then now I got to, you know, here's where I'm going with this, Jeremy. When do we start holding P.J. Fleck accountable? You know, so much of the rah-rah, you know, speak that he does, a lot of people are turned off by that. Now two weeks, two losses, 
And, you know, I'm starting to wonder, listen, I'm not saying we're going to fire the guy by any means, but, I mean, he's got to start looking at himself, in my opinion, a little bit, along with uh, Rossi and Sharaka, and come up with some new schemes, man, because the Gophers, it just seems like they're becoming a very predictable team to kind of coach against again. Well, I think that, you know, a lot of it, too, is that it seems it, it's more or less becoming a pattern for me that it seems a lot of the P.J. Fleck teams so far, the Gophers, they have that midseason hiccup. I mean, with whether it was Bowling Green last year, I mean, even that great 11-2 to um, year that we had a couple years ago. Right. I mean, even that, you know, at the end of the season, you know, you drop in the, the Iowa game, which, I mean, I don't know if, why they seem to be the kryptonite for P.J. Fleck, too, but... Uh, I mean, you know, that was that was always the one that, um, you know, went back when I was a student, uh, that was that was the one that was always a little bit more winnable. I mean, I've been to a few of them where, you know, we ended up rushing the field and got the touch Floyd a couple of times myself. Right. And uh, but, you know, it was always that Wisconsin game that, you know, you always hoped they would do something. But, you know, it seemed like it never really came to fruition. Uh, but, yeah, that it's almost become the opposite now. I don't know why PJ struggles so much with Iowa. I mean, at home or on the road, it doesn't really matter. It seems like. Uh, but I think as for everything with PJ right now, um, I think luckily I'm hoping that these two weeks were probably a little bit of that midseason hiccup, like I was saying, uh, because I mean even that after losing that game to Iowa, um, I mean come right back and beating Wisconsin too, and it it seems like a lot of folks in the fan base tend to forget losses like this if you finish the season wow. with the axe, you finish the season with Floyd. I mean he's he's got a awesome record in the postseason right now I mean, he has yet to lose a bowl game for us so i mean as as much as it sucks that you know losing these games at illinois purdue um and then yeah like i said we'll see what happens with penn state this weekend uh but i feel like a lot of times you know it it seems like a lot of folks kind of forget those midseason woes when you know those big rivalry games and you know especially uh you know that game against auburn i know last year west virginia wasn't a huge <laughs> no, opponent per not. se yeah. i mean they were they were definitely on a down year but still you know going beating a big 12 opponent in a in a bowl game is always a plus so i mean i guess i, I we're gonna we're gonna have to see what what the rest of the season holds uh you know what adjustments mm-hmm. are they gonna make i mean it, especially you know it's gonna be a huge question mark if you know anything with you could say about the penn state game if for some reason Tanner can't play if he he's not feeling you know good or doesn't clear the concussion protocols by by the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean I'm I'm really hoping that he is he's able to get back out there because I mean you know you can tell he's the leader of the team. I mean you want him you yeah, want a guy is. like Tanner Morgan out there. Uh, I mean I know that there's a lot of people that were um, God I still can't pronounce the kid's name the the backup not right. Kramer <laughs> the. Uh, I'm not even going to try to say that because that's going to be butchered. Uh, but, I mean, with how many people, you know, were even talk, talking about bringing him in and everything, I mean, in the halfway point of a big game against something like that, like Illinois, I mean, it's you can say that it's a win-win situation for a backup like that because if, if he does great, awesome. Uh, but if he doesn't do great at the same time, it's like, well, you're the backup. You know, it's not really expected for you to do anything. So, right. I've... Uh, don't know where I'm going on this tangent anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man, you know what? I I hear you, man. You know, the, the first off, folks, again, uh, we got Jeremy joining us here on Twitter, Better Dead Than Red. Uh, make sure you follow him at Herdsman11. 
Again, that's at Herdsman11. He is just like all of us, man, like Gopher Nation. You know, you get to the point here where, and and Jeremy, this is why I never buy the hype. I'm, I, You know, I always say it on, on the Sports Done Right podcast when it comes to Gopher football. I just want to see it on the field. I'm done with culture. I'm done with the lead. I'm done with, you know, um, you know, people getting all hyped over a, a kind of a BS, you know, 3-0 and start with, you know, us going against these horrible teams. And granted, you know, all the college teams do it. But, man, I am just so sick and tired of the Gophers, just like you said, finding that way some way during the year. Now, listen, Illinois, tough team, obviously the better team. So I think the better team won that game. But it's just frustrating to be in Gopher Nation. And here we go again. You know, three weeks ago on top of the world. Now we're to the point where I think it's just, you know, I've, I think I heard Justin Gard saying this on K-Fan, that, you know, right now we're it's probably to the point where it's just kind of the hardcore fans that are interested again. That brings me into this week with Penn State. So let's take a couple different scenarios. Well, let's start with Tanner Morgan is okay to play, and he's the starting quarterback. We're going into the whiteout game, 103,000 people, you know, the night, all that goes with that. And honestly, you know, if you ask most people right now, how did the Gophers win that game? I don't know. I mean, we have issues with our receivers not being able to catch the ball. PJ talked about, you know, the receivers not being able to get separation. I mean, you know, we can go through a list of this stuff, but let me ask you, my friend, in your opinion, how did we win this game? What do you, how do you see this game playing out this Saturday? You know, Penn State's coming off the loss to Michigan. They're going to be pissed off. You know, they're still a ranked team. They're still trying to kind of, you know, keep their hopes alive over in the east side of the division. How did the Gophers win this game? Uh, honestly, I think that we're going to need, I mean, the, the one shiny spot I feel like we had with in Illinois uh, was, I mean, the only bit of electricity that we had was that return at the start of the second half. Uh, I mean, oh, right yeah. there, I think we need we need our special teams uh, coming up a little bit more like that because that was the only jolt in the arm that I felt the entire game right, was yep. them taking that second That's half back. And then, and then right after that, going immediately to Mo and pounding it in. And, mm-hmm. you know, we need... I, I feel like, you know, our whatever we can't get done on special teams for that extra boost like that that we got in that game, uh, our offense, I feel like at this point, is probably got to go through Mo. I mean, if – I mean, he's still yeah. – I, I still regard him as easily – I mean, between him and Chase Brown, which we saw on Saturday, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. Chase Brown's between, a bad Between mofo. those two are like – Oh yeah, I mean that was that was one of the big things I was looking forward to in that game was watching those two to go head to head, and that was yeah, that was did. disappointing. Um, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Right. <laughs> uh, but I mean, whatever. I mean, it, by far right now, when Mo's on the field, we're a better offense, and I mean, I feel like it. You need to at least at least do what you can to get him involved in the game too. I mean, even if you can't. Uh, you know, run as well as we were uh, pre-Purdue and Illinois games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, try to even like you know maybe get him involved like screens, anything like that. Because I mean, when the guy touches the ball, he can run through people like nobody else right now. <laughs> and you know, it's, yeah. 
Well, I you am. know, that that's the thing. The offensive it. line has been kind of sketchy because they're, you know, last week, hey, they opened up some holes. You know, Mo had a couple big runs. It seems when it comes into pass defense, however, you know, before, you know, Tanner went out, you know, he had pressure in his face all the time. He's throwing off his back foot. So the question mark for me this Saturday is our offensive line. You know, I'll switch it over and ask you on the defensive side of the ball. You know, our defensive line was doing real good early on. Now they've kind of retreated the whole go for defense. So, you know, Rossi's going to have to come up with some scheme here. Um, what do you think on the defensive side of the ball the Gophers need to do this weekend uh, to get a victory out in Penn State? Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, uh, like, just – getting to work with our secondary here. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we, we just already touched on a little bit of, a little bit before of, you know, how, you know, they, Illinois was out gaining us over the air 10 to one at one point. I mean, where these, like between some of these guys that, you know, were, were so highly touted in those first four games. I mean, it seems like everybody kind of disappeared for the longest stretch. I mean, I don't, I don't want to call any, corner or you know defensive back out specifically but because it seems like it's been more or less a team thing like there's there's not like that one real standout that like oh this guy dropped the ball no pun intended but i mean well hey man you know that's more or less a team yeah go ahead no buddy i'm sorry i i didn't mean to interrupt you but i was just gonna say they made tommy devito look like all conference quarterback Oh yeah, and I mean he's he's not <laughs> to put it lightly. Uh, uh, so I mean you know just I I don't know like you said what Rossi's got to get in the film room with these guys see you know what the hell they were doing against uh, you know some like Michigan State I mean even the Purdue game I mean there was there was still at least some defensive highlights uh, in that Purdue game too that these guys can take away from. I mean is it again is it just something like for some reason like. Brett Bielema is the Minnesota kryptonite or, you know, you know are we hey, he must get back be. on track? I, I think he is. I think Ugh. he is. And I think he loves it. And why wouldn't you, you know, Hey, I, you know, excuse the term, but the Gophers are his bitch, man. And, you know, this guy comes <laughs> in and, you know, comes up from Arkansas and, you know, he, he, not, you know, he gets the victory by the way here last year. Remember, you know, we, we Bowling Green and that Illinois game are the, are the two games that derailed last season. So he comes up here. He gets the surprise victory last year. You know, he has a much better team this year to work with. He gets his starting quarterback back. We see what happens in Champaign last weekend. And he is obviously, I mean, he's got to be the front runner for coach of the year, at least in my opinion. And, you know, I mean, I have been no Brett Buma fan for you know a long time but you know i i gotta be fair and what he has done i mean what are they six and one they are the obvious leaders you know them they still got to play purdue but you know they're right there with purdue for the inside track to the big 10 championship game to represent the west and you know do i see the let's say they get there do i see them beating ohio state no but hey you know, if it's Michigan or somebody else, and by the way, Illinois still has to play Michigan, so that would be one of their big games left. But I got to give Brett Bulema some props, man. He is doing a phenomenal job down there at Illinois. Yeah, I mean, I 
I, I hate to see it that he's doing it to, again <laughs> with the team in our conference. I mean, yeah. I, if he's going to come back to the Big Ten, why couldn't he have gone to, like, Rutgers? I mean, we only played them you know, once every <laughs> two, three years anyways. Uh, it, it, right, had to be, right. it had to be somebody that was specifically in the Big Ten West. And maybe, exactly. maybe that's why he wanted to go to Illinois. Who knows? But, uh, well, you, you know, you, uh, I, think you, I think you may have hit on something, my friend. I mean, you know, a little payback for Wisconsin – you know, Illinois, hey, hey, they have had at least recent memories of success. I mean, you can go back to the Juice Williams and, you know, when Ron Zook was there back in the early 2000s, I mean, they got to the Rose Bowl. I mean, you know, unlike Gopher Nation, our last Rose Bowl was, you know, Kennedy was president. I mean, so at least they've had exactly they've had recent <laughs> memories of, of football success and, you know, I don't know what the administration's like there. I don't know. Hey, now are they throwing money at their football program? I don't know what the facilities are like down there that they got to deal with. All I know is that this coach has that team winning on the field. All right, my man. So let me transition to this here. And again, uh, Jeremy's joining us. And Jeremy's going to be joining us, by the way, throughout the years. We're talking college sports, you know, in particular, uh, college basketball and football. But let's talk a little bit about the Gophers before we – uh, you get out of here, Jeremy. Dennis Evans, five-star center from California, commits to Ben Johnson and the Gophers. Now, I, I'm going to turn this over to you because I don't know a lot about him. I haven't been really keeping up on Gopher basketball recruiting. Uh, depending on you know who you read, he's either like the 30th ranked player, he's the 10th best player, whatever the case is, man. But this is a huge get for Ben Johnson. Oh, definitely. And I think that uh, probably what's what speaks volumes here way more than, I mean, him just being a five-star player and coming here. Um, I, I watched, it was a uh, interview he did with uh, Rivals last night, and he was asking, uh, you know, asking Dennis why he wanted to come here. I mean, I know that, um, who, who's Evans' friend, uh, Jaden Henley, I think, is like one of his real good buddies from back in uh, South, uh, Southern California. And uh, uh, he said, you know, like one of the things like, oh, yeah, did you go there because, you know, you wanted to play with uh, you just want to play with your high school buddy. Right. And he's like, well, that was part of it. It's like, but Jaden actually told him, like, hey, this is like actually like what happens behind the scenes. This is the kind of coach right. that Ben Johnson is. And that was what made Dennis Evans want to come here. It wasn't just his friend being here. It's actually knowing that relationship that he has with his players. Yeah. If like it. You know, you bring in a three-star guy from Southern California, he's uh, got a five-star buddy back home. You know, you don't really think about that. But, you know, with the way that, you know, he's he's running his team, what he's building here, how he treats his players, I mean, all all that stuff combined, I mean, that's that's going to be make me more excited than just one five-star recruit coming here because, you know, a word like that's going to spread that, you know, if this is the kind of coach that Ben Johnson is, I mean, mm-hmm. we yeah, we got our first five-star and. Uh, I think ever since I, well I no actually that, they said since I think it was 2003 Chris Humphreys 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 was okay yeah so I back to what you said depending on where you look Humphreys either a four or a five <laughs> depending on who you talk to right but because uh, yeah it was another um or no it was uh I think he might be the highest rated since uh um, coming from out states is Vashon Leonard oh uh, no, is what well, I yeah that's saying too, something because so. now that's back when I was at the U you know and Vashon I mean, Vashon passed up being part of, you know, the Michigan crew to come here. So here's the thing, man. This is phenomenal news. I hope in this age of portals and, 
you know, nothing's done till the person actually gets here. I hope he stays here because, you know, until they actually show up and play, anything can happen. But man, like you just said, this is huge for Ben Johnson and this just helps elevate his reputation. Like you were just talking about and really now helping go for basketball nation, get out there and, and, and to really start being able to recruit nationwide, We've been on the coaches a lot about keeping the in-state talent here, but man, you also, you know, for Minnesota as well, you gotta, you gotta recruit nationwide, man. And this is a huge get. I was watching a little bit of, of film on this guy this morning, you know, seven foot one. I mean, he's got a wingspan for days, man. I am very excited. And now, you know, go for basketball nation should be very excited because now expectations are going to start rising. So let's see if Coach Johnson can coach these kids up, man, and get that success going on the court. And then now I know that Evans won't be uh, around until next year. Um, so I, you find a little bit more about the, the squad that's going to be taking the court here in about three weeks. Uh, what, are, what are you thinking about the uh, this year's squad of Gophers? I haven't delved too much into them yet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing that probably starting next week. I am excited for, you know, I'm excited for some of the guard play that they have. I'm excited that Ben Johnson seems to be a good coach. That was kind of what, you know, surprised me last year. I shouldn't say surprised me. Like you just said, because I've heard from some of the players as well, you know, just how he is behind the scenes, how he is as a coach. So I'm very inspired and hopeful that this team gets coached up in the right way. And from that, like you said, it's, you know, we're still, you know, a year or two out putting those pieces in place. Obviously, if if this comes through, this is a huge get. But, man, I'm really liking, at least in the early goings, what I'm seeing from Ben Johnson and his crew over there at the University of Minnesota for this year. You know, honestly, man, just try and win a few more games. You know, this team is, you know, they're not going to be challenging for the Big Ten championship or anything like that. But, hey, if you can find a way to, you know, get that upset, win a couple games you're not supposed to win, and just keep building, man. So I'm very excited from what I'm seeing over there. And, I, you know, I I go – I now go to Arizona for the winners with the wife. But, man, I'm going to get over there and catch a couple games before we get out of here because go for basketball is definitely on the rise. Well, hey, you're going to have to, uh, not too far um, in uh, Southern California, they're going to be doing a tournament over there uh, late oh. next month. So depending depending on when you're going to be down in Arizona, yeah, I won't I be there next month. I won't be there next month, but um, yeah, always excited, you know, whenever they do these little tournaments as well, just to, you know, kind of get a good look at teams we wouldn't normally see them play against. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for Gopher Hoops. Um, you know, I know folks are very excited for go for hockey as well. We'll talk about that some other time, but you know, Jeremy, again, tell folks where they can find you and, and tell them, man, because this is going to be our college hoops expert, especially when it comes bracket time. Oh yeah. Um, just find me. It was like, uh, Vince was saying here, uh, herdsman 11. Uh, I thought it was 29 actually. (laughs) Oh, did you? uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I, I switched through the two numbers, so that's kind of some of my uh, – um, growing up, I was always a bas- uh, baseball player, and, you know, okay. I was an infielder, so I always loved Chuck Knobloch, number 11, uh, and then, nice. you know, always <laughs> – uh, the other one was always uh, Rod Carew, so 29, so it's nice. always like an 11 or 29 on the there back of my number, or on the hey. back of my name, so – 
<laughs> that's, uh, that's but a good yeah, one. Um, oh yeah, uh, it should be it should be good this uh, it touched real fast though with you on on Gopher hockey just because he got North Dakota this weekend. So, oh, ooh, ooh. Uh, yes. it, I digress. It, it, yeah, touch on that then. After I did not know that we were playing Nodak uh, already. So, yeah, I mean it's going to be uh, their first time coming here in a couple of years now. Because I think the last time that they were supposed to come here was the games they played in Vegas, which uh, I, right. I don't know yes. why they decided yep. to take this rivalry out to Vegas uh, for whatever reason. I think it's because they know that. Uh, North Dakota folks have nothing else to do in the winter, so they just follow their team around wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a life like people in Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I got to take a shot at North Dakota. I mean, that's that's yes. the one the one team that we're never going to, you know, it's, hey. it's, something's going wrong if we're saying good things about uh, the North Dakota <laughs> team up there with whatever their mascot is now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if uh, um, any of your folks too, um, if anyone's heading to the game, I know I'm going to be there with the uh, the guys from the Soda Pot on Saturday. So yeah, come by, say hey, grab a beer, and uh, yeah, if anyone's going to be there to watch us uh, kick some North Dakota ass. <laughs> hey, that sounds good, man. All right, folks, you heard them head down there at Herdsman Eleven. And this is our guy, Jeremy. Jeremy, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the time. And we look forward to having you back again. Of course. Thanks for having me, Vince. All right. We got Jeremy, and he will be back with us, as we said. I want a big shout-out for him and the rookie for joining us here. So as we end the show, I wanted to give a couple shout-outs since we're talking college football here. So uh, first off, my SEC homer, Grant, Tennessee over Alabama. If anybody watched this game, incredible game. And even though there was not a lick of defense to be played down there in um, Tennessee, it was a very, very exciting game. Nick Saban, man. Some shakiness here and there. You know, honestly, this team in Alabama could... In a weird way, they could have been 0-3. I mean, close games, all of them, they've, or most of them they've been involved in here the past couple, Texas A&M, the Texas game. Man, I'm going to tell you some congratulations to the Tennessee Volunteers. And they got themselves a quarterback. I said it uh, last week on the show, and they are off and running. Congrats, Volunteers. All right, so the folks over at Rocky Top. Also, another shout-out for the SEC, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. And they are on top of the SEC West, 3-0. and Alabama 3-1, and LSU 3-1, and but 3-0. and Keep an eye on Ole Miss, the Rebels down there in Mississippi making some noise. And then from there, you just kind of see where it shakes out. Texas A&M, a little disappointing, one and two. Mississippi State, two and two. They they playing okay, but man, Tennessee, Georgia over on the east. Kentucky's two and two, man. But it is all Tennessee, and uh, they got all the momentum in the world right now. But the national champions, defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs, just sitting out there. Don't you know? Yeah, y'all forget about us. But they go ahead and they're going to handle their business. So let's see here. 
Now, SEC always, it's kind of weird in their scheduling because they kind of have these mid-season non-conference games. So, Tennessee plays the University of Tennessee Martin Saturday the 22nd at 11 a.m. Then they have Kentucky coming to town, and then it is on the road to Tennessee, and then, excuse me, on the road to Georgia. So Tennessee, they get their their Patsy game this week, right? They get their Patsy game this week. And then Kentucky, and don't sleep on Kentucky. Maybe 2-2, two two, they still a top 20 team. Coming off a very nice season last year, don't sleep on Kentucky. And they have that little border war as well, Kentucky and Tennessee. And then on the road to the defending national champions, they come back home and play Missouri. So, congrats to them. And we are going to take a look here at this week. We're going to use the CBS College Football Power Rankings. You know, I like to jump around, check out different sites, see what they're saying here. So, this is from this week CBSSports.com, one of my favorite sports websites, by the way. Georgia number one, Ohio State number two. And what they say about Georgia. Um, there is certainty ever somewhere, but Bulldogs skunked the Commodores. Yeah, they played Vanderbilt. No big deal there, of course. Uh, the Challengers are lining up in the second half. So Georgia has Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, all in the second half of the season. Ohio State, they say quietly the Buckeyes have been the most consistent team in the country. Why aren't they number one here? Can't move up sitting on the couch. So there you go. Tennessee, number three, three transfers, made the transformative win over Alabama possible. Uh, Hooker, who came in from Virginia Tech. The kicker, to Chase McGrath from USC. The wide receiver, Brew McCoy, USC, Texas. And, um, well, the game was just nuts, so there you go. Michigan, number four, TCU, number five in the power pole here. Number six is Clemson. Number seven, Ole Miss. Number eight, Bama. They dropped down five positions in this power ranking. And then the next two teams are the two teams from Los Angeles that rounded out number nine, UCLA. And then number 10, Southern Cal. Southern Cal, some questionable ref calls there. I I didn't really kind of like the way that game went down there. You know, they lost, they were on the road, Utah, Utah, great story. A couple of Utah's players were were killed, um, murdered, I believe. If, if that is not correct, please, I am sorry about that, but I think that was the case. And they had the players, you know, on their helmets. A lot of emotion, obviously, in the stadium for that game. And Utah comes up with the uh, big one-point win. But questionable calls there, man, against Southern Cal late in the game. Oklahoma State 11, Utah number 12, and Kansas State 13. So um, from there, uh, well, who cares? (laughs) All right, folks. So, again, this is Sports Done Right Podcast. I am Vince Wright, the sports governor. We're going to get on out of here. I want to thank you for hanging with me on the extended Sports Done Right Podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. want to thank my friends there. And by the way, folks, um, our our, uh, network sponsor, which is DraftKings. So um, just imagine your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high. The tension's even higher. 
Your pulse is racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Man, please remove the tension from your normal ah, I got to tell you. Make every play feel exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers, my friends. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check it out. In addition to the usual bet, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game, or excuse me, once per game day, all season long. So here's what you got to do, people. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, and you're going to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. All you got to do is just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using the code TPPN. All right. Have a great week. A lot of good football coming up. Um, As we speak now, um, the Padres lost to the Phillies tonight. So Phillies in the National League Championship Series, they're up a game. Uh, And Keep an eye, man. Philly is doing it. And they may be back in the World Series before you know it. But a lot of baseball to be played before then. And San Diego's got a good team. But uh, uh, Hugh Darvish on the mound tonight. And the Padres did not get it done. They were shut out to nothing. And we'll find out and see. We got the Yankees and Houston. Uh, I guess kind of the way it should be. The two powerhouse teams in the American League, they get started tomorrow. So tune into that, my friends. And we're going to end this here with some, let's see. Go for basketball news. Breaking as of today, Dennis Evans, five-star recruit out of Riverside, California, seven foot one, has signed on with Ben Johnson and the Gophers. And this is, I think he's, I think they were saying he's the first five-star recruit since Chris Humphreys back in 2003. So this is a huge gift for the Gopher program, and the expectations now are slowly starting to creep in. Ben Johnson seems to be doing a pretty good job with the recruiting classes as he's off and running in his second season as Gopher basketball coach. So congrats to him. I really hope Dennis Evans stays here because, you know, in this age of the transfer portal and and commits and decommits and everything, you you do not know until these kids show up on your campus. So uh, this is absolutely huge for the Gophers. And we'll be getting into a little bit more Big Ten basketball talk next in the next week or so because, um, you know, training camps have opened. They're going to start the non-conference schedule here pretty quick. So congrats again to the Gopher program for landing this uh, five-star. Uh, Dennis Evans, again, from Riverside, California. Congrats to Ben Johnson and the Gophers over there. And with that, my friends, I wish you adieu. Have a great week. Um, Again, I can't thank you for all the support that this show gets from 7th Avenue Pizza, our friends at Cultivated CBD, the network, the Pigskin Podcast Network, even though that name is more football-based. And I'm going to tell you something, man. They have everything covered there. They got the hockey network, the baseball side, everything you need, basketball as well. So um, great folks over there. Thank you for all your help and support there. And again, I thank each and every one of you guys. 
you know, whether I'm seeing you in person now over at these Gopher games and whatnot, um, boxing matches. And oh, by the way, um, we do have uh, Morell fighting here on November 5th. More information coming up soon about that and hopefully some tickets to give away. And from Rob Lear, thank you very much, Lear Communication. But um, we'll, we'll discuss that next week. But again, just thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. Really appreciate the love, support, all the the text, just everything, the tweets, all the support, man. We love you. We appreciate you. And I can't wait to keep this show going and, and meeting more of you in person. That's been the best part of this is meeting a lot of you guys in person now. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right with your host, the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Check out Sports Done Right every Tuesday night. And when it's over, stay up on all of the breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right Facebook group. Let your voice be heard and join the conversation right now. You finally got it right with Sports Done Right.